Thank you, Father, for today. Your life is here, your spirit is here, your word is here. Thank you for giving us the Son of God, even Jesus our Lord, who delivered us from the wrath to come. Please instruct us and speak to us. Help us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. We have been talking about the supernatural or the spiritual. It's not as vague as people think. It's very definitive and specific. The Bible explains it. We have the truth of scriptures to tell us what it is. So we don't have to put our own definitions, understandings into something that we cannot see. Nobody can see the spiritual. It's invisible. So the only thing we can believe about the spiritual, since none of us can see it or verify it, would be what God says about it. So it takes care of all the ambiguities, the assumptions, and um, the superstitions. What we have in Christ is revelation. What we have in the Holy Spirit is revelation. So these things are clearly revealed in the Word of God. So yesterday we talked about the other dimensions of the spiritual. Wednesday we talk about the supernatural or the spiritual. Thursday we talk about it. Friday we talk about it. Yesterday we talk about it. Yesterday I spoke about other dimensions of the spiritual. Other dimensions. We are talking about spiritual activities. How God works in us and through us. Or how we can lay hold on the power of God and use it. So that is what we've been talking about. So yesterday we talked about other dimensions because there are other things to talk about apart from spiritual gifts. But we agreed that spiritual gifts are the dominant drivers uh, or drives of the supernatural. Amen. So we talked about the other dimensions of the supernatural yesterday. So today I want us to continue. I want us to go to First Corinthians chapter two. Today I'll be talking about supernatural processes and procedures. Supernatural processes and procedures. Supernatural processes. Everybody say supernatural processes and procedures. So we are reading First Corinthians chapter two. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not in the excellency of speech of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined, you see, there's a simplicity to truth. Truth is not complex or complicated. It's lies that are complicated. Truth is simple. He said, 
When I came to you, I didn't use enticing words of man's wisdom. The gospel is simple. Jesus Christ died for us to save us. And we receive as our Lord and personal Savior. He fills us with his Holy Spirit, gives us God's nature, and he lives through us. Simple. There's nothing complicated about it. So, when you are preaching the gospel, you preach the simplicity of the gospel. It's the cross that saves everybody. It's not any philosophy or psychology. It's just the gospel. And anybody who will not accept it cannot be saved. Because the gospel is God's power for salvation. It's as simple as that. Romans 1.16 I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It may not be as sophisticated as Buddhism. Because when you start lying, you have to find a whole lot of things to justify your lies. But the truth is always very simple. So that's verse 1. Go back to verse 1. So I didn't come with enticing words of man's wisdom. I didn't come with excellency of speech. Plenty, plenty big English. Declaring to you the testimony of God. Verse 2. I determined not to know anything among you save Christ and him crucified. When I came among you, I decided I'm not going to know anything. I don't want to know who is the richest guy in the church. Who got pregnant recently and is not married. Now all those things is not for you. If you join a church and you decide that all you want to do is to be hearing what people are saying you are interested in gossip hey this and that and this and that and this what will happen is that you'll be distracted for the real reason why you came to church and very soon you'll be carried away the Bible says that don't be carried away with strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that a heart be established with grace. Not with meat, ceremonial food. Which has not profited those who have been occupied therewith. So Paul said, when I came among you, I didn't want to know anything. All I wanted to know was Jesus Christ and him crucified. I remember so many years ago when I met the Lord. Many of the people or some of the people were enjoying their friends. I didn't have a friend. I'm not saying don't make friends in church. But what I mean is, I just went there for God. And so once people know so much about what the pastor is doing and where the pastor got his Ben's car from, oh my God, that one was too high for me. I was there to be blessed. You know, so before anybody starts to tell me anything to erode my faith in God, that even a pastor has done this, even his wife has done this, even the children have done this, even his church money that they are using to buy this. I didn't go to church for politics. And after I've given my offering, I know I've given my offering to God. I am not the auditor of the church. I say people go to church and after a while, they become politicians in the church. That's why they say a novice should not be a deacon. Even though so you'll be lifted with pride and fall into the same condemnation the devil fell into. So I was determined I don't want to know anything. That's what Paul said. Except Jesus and him crucified. As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word, all a baby knows is that I'm sucking my mother's breast and just suck the sincere milk of the word and grow. As newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the word. You give your life to Jesus. All you want to know is Jesus. 
and that sister and that brother, eh, they are moving together, and this, and this, and this person has done this, and that person has done this. Leave that for the pastor. Leave that for the pastor. You study your word and pray. Or leave that for the church leaders to discipline whosoever has to be disciplined. And you desire the sincere milk of the word and grow thereby. When you come to church, you know, you need to know why you came to church. You need to know why you came to church. If not, so you'll be distracted. I was determined to know only Jesus Christ. I was determined to know only Jesus. I was determined to know only Jesus. I was determined, determined to know only Jesus and Him crucified. Honey, there's so much to learn, but there's also so much rubbish and chaff in church that can distract you. You understand? We call something the offense of the cross. Jesus Himself. The sure stone, the tested stone, the cornerstone, the foundation stone, and the capstone, he is also a rock of offense. There is an offense in the gospel. There's a shame in the gospel. And if you are too polished and too nice, this Christ, you can't save him. If you like yourself, you love yourself too much. You can't save Jesus. But he who loves his life will lose it. Next verse. I was with you in weakness and fear and with trembling. Just one people. Paul didn't go say me, I'm a philosopher. A scribe. I was with everybody in all trembling. I was with you in fear and trembling. Let me tell you something. You see, there's, I, I said something here yesterday. In Christ, if you are a free man, you are a slave. It's in the Bible. And if you are a slave in Jesus, you are a free man. If you are a big man in Jesus, you are small. You are the least. And if you are the least in Jesus, you are the biggest. So you see, we can get along. Maybe you are the CEO, but we can get along. Yes, I'll give you all the respect. But you too, just be one with us because we are brethren. I was with you in all weakness and fear. We don't pretend to be supermen. When I'm sick, I'll tell you guys that I'm sick. I teach divine health, but I don't pretend that I am God. Sometimes I come to church, I don't have offering. That's why every time I say, let's take an offering, I say, if you have an offering. This is not an excuse not to give to God. Because if you have had money to spend all week, you should have set some aside to give to God. But it's true that sometimes you just don't have. And we are all just one. We, we, we are in trouble and fear. Sometimes there's no food to eat. Yes, and whatever we have, we share. So when we're too in fear and in trembling, we share our fears, we share our pain together. 
We encourage one another. Honey, you have joined a family you will never regret. Amen. The life of God is here. When we are dying, we are living. No, that's the life we have. It's a resurrection life. In Christ, it's not a termination of life. It's a germination of life. When we are dying, that's when we are actually living. Burying about in our body, the dying of our Lord Jesus Christ, that his life also may be revealed in us. My speech and my preaching was no enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit of power. The next verse. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Our faith is not in the wisdom of men. Our faith is in the power of God. Say with me, my faith is not in the wisdom of men. So let people say whatever they like. Okay? We believe in our God. Hallelujah. They are not wiser than God. Let them speak their big English. Let them say, oh, 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 oh. Even the Jews themselves cry. The Jews who wrote the Bible cry. They don't believe the Bible. You guys, you are here. You say Christianity. It's a Western religion. Let them say all the things they want to say. Thank God that it is hidden from the wise and prudent and revealed to babies. And you, God has revealed this thing to you. It's not everybody who is called. Nobody can come to the Father unless he's called. So if you find yourself here, count it a privilege that you have been called. The other guy is saying all the things he's saying because he's not called. Some guys were also called but they left. Because many are called but few are chosen. Maybe he's not chosen. He's just called. See, so he's just called but he's not chosen. But you, you are chosen. You are chosen generation. So, our faith is not in the wisdom of men. Our faith is not in how the economy will go and how things will go, things will get bad. No, our faith is in God. Our faith is in the power of God. God can do it. God did it for Korea, South Korea. God did it for Singapore. God did it for United Arab Emirates. God will do it for Ghana. It was God who did it for Britain. He did it for America. He'll do it for Ghana. Amen. Amen. They shouldn't deceive you. They tell you, oh, you are here praying, praying, praying. What are we seeing? Those guys, they don't even pray. No, they started with prayer. America was built on godly principles. Britain was built on Christ. Yes. So that was the foundation. Now they are forgetting the Lord. And that is why they are having trouble. Bible says King Asa, when he trusted in God, there was no war. The day he decided to trust in the flesh, then the prophet told him, from now, you shall have wars. Hallelujah. Next verse. How be it we speak wisdom among those who are matured. Perfect. The perfect day is matured. Foolish. Yet not the wisdom of this world or the prince of this world that come to naught. There's a wisdom that we preach in church. We are not saying that wisdom is no good. There's a wisdom we preach in church. But the wisdom we preach in church is not the wisdom of men. Amen. The wisdom we preach in church, we preach those wisdom to those who are matured. And it is not even the wisdom of this world. Nor of the wisdom of the princes. The princes that are talking about principalities. You know demons, you know the devil has some wisdom. The guy is scanning and crafty like a snake. But he uses wisdom just to do bad things. You know, they seem to be smarter than us. They make all the money. They use all the tricks. In business world, they say cheat, but cheat lawfully. They cheat lawfully. That's how you make the money. You cheat lawfully. Just make sure you're not caught. 
Cheat lawfully, cheat lawfully, you know. But all those wisdom is coming to nothing. All the wisdom is coming to nothing. Look at it. That wisdom is coming to naught. It's coming to nothing. That wisdom, the wisdom of this world will fail. The Bible says it's come to naught. Look at the next verse. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. There's a kind of wisdom we have. It is God's wisdom. It is Christ's wisdom. It was hidden. It's a mystery. Mystery means a secret. It's not in the public domain. It's not there for demons to assess. It's not there for everybody to see. It is there, it is there only for our glory. There's a wisdom, Gloria, there's a wisdom God kept for your glory. And everybody must insist on that wisdom. There's a wisdom for your shining. There's a wisdom for your prosperity. And that wisdom is what you must get when you come to church. Seek the Lord, search the scriptures until you lay hold on this wisdom. In fact, you have it, but you must grow in it. Amen. It's for our glory. There's a wisdom for our glory. Amen. Andy, there's a wisdom for your glory. Fire, there's a wisdom for your glory. There's a wisdom for our glory. Abraham, there's a wisdom for your glory. I'm so happy today to see all of you here. This gospel will be preached in all the nations of the world. And after the end shall come. This gospel. The Bible says. The sign of the end time. You see we have the signs of the end time. Then we have the sign of the end time. The signs of the end time is the earthquake. The famine. Rumors of war. And all those things. But the sign. The major sign and the last sign. In fact. He said when you hear of wars and rumors. He said the end is not yet. So, it's just signs of the last days. But the end has not yet come. But the sign of the last days is that this gospel will preach in every nation. OC is a sign that the world is coming to an end. And wherever the gospel goes, it bringeth forth fruit. According to the book of Colossians. There's a wisdom for our glory. There's a wisdom for your glory. Listen, you're not left without an inheritance. You have an inheritance. It's a wisdom for glory. It's a wisdom for glory. Next verse. We are reading 1 Corinthians chapter 2, right? We're reading the whole chapter. Which none of the prince of this world. He's talking about wisdom. Which the prince of this world. Now the princes there talk about principalities, demons. He's talking about evil spirits. He says none of them knew it. If they knew it, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. If they knew it, they wouldn't have killed Jesus. Uh-huh. But as it is written, I have not seen or ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of a man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Let's just pause here for a while. This thing should give us hope. Look at this. This is your inheritance. Let me tell you, there's a lot of hope. Alexina and I have a lot of hope. Not in our strength. Not in our achievement. 
not in uncertain riches. Riches, they take on wings and they can fly anytime. But we have a lot of trust in God and a lot of hope because God cannot lie. He is not a man to lie. He said, what I, Sabina, what I has not seen, Daisy, Emmanuel, what I, Grace, what I has not seen. Nobody ever dreamt about, no mind conceived, no heart has ever perceived. Valerie, those are the things God has prepared for you. Look at verse 10. It says that what nobody has ever imagined, those are the things God has prepared for you. I want you to have hope. Things may be hard. Things may be tough. But your future is guaranteed. It's not like A, B, A. Maybe. No. The gospel that was preached by Paul, Sivanos, Prophet Manasseh, Pastor Victor, Pastor Randy, the gospel we preach it's not a gospel of maybe, A, B, A, yes or no. It is a gospel of yes, yes. Yes and amen to the glory of God the Father. Paul said that for as much as many have taken it on themselves to set in order things that are most Surely believed. <laughs> I also, having had a perfect understanding of these things, have decided to write these things to you, oh most excellent Theophilus. Things that are most surely believed. Jesus' own words, verily, verily, it's like saying, I swear, I swear. Assuredly. Tell your neighbor, God has prepared something for me. And where is that? It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. The best. Maybe it's the best. It's kept for you. Christine. Amen. They say, I hasn't seen, nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of a man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But the next verse says that, it is revealed to us. Nobody has seen it all. People can't even know it. But God has revealed it to you. You know, that is why you must not wait for people to believe for you. Because what God wants to do with your life, he has hidden it from them, but he will reveal it to you. Do you know why you became born again? It was a personal revelation. Of Christ. Who do men say I am? And people say, some say you are a prophet. Oh, can you imagine that? They say Jesus is one of the prophets. And Muhammad is the last prophet. And the greatest. Oh. 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 So some even call him Jeremiah. Some say he was Elias, Elijah. I say, oh, but who do you say I am? I say you are Christ. The son of the living God. It's a flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. It's not everybody who knows this thing. Professors don't know this thing. They've read all the books from theology to zoology. 
from archaeology to zoology. They have read all the books. They still don't understand. But you, God has revealed it to you. By his spirit. You know why? Because it's you he has called. You are his son. You are his child. For the spirit searches all things, he are the deep things of God. Now, he says that the Holy Spirit revealed these things to us because the Holy Spirit does what? Searches all things. Say the Holy Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit searches all things. And he knows you. You don't even need to explain. He knows why you did what you did. He knows your frustration. He knows your difficulty. But he doesn't only know your weakness, he also knows your strength. And he knows what God has planned. He that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the spirit. For he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Start praying and start thanking God. Start praying and start thanking God. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. In the name of Jesus. He's saying that which man knows the things of a man, the things about a man, except the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, the things of God, no man knows except the Holy Spirit. He says that in your spirit that knows. Okay. Now, look at it. You know what you are thinking, right? So, is it your mind that knows what your mind is thinking? Obviously, no. You see, you never considered it. What you are thinking is your mind. So, you are telling me that your mind knows what your mind is thinking? No. It is your spirit that knows what your mind is thinking. It says, your spirit knows all the things in you. So God's spirit knows all the things that are in God. It says nobody knows what you're thinking except your spirit. Do you know when you are wrong, your spirit tells you, Charlie, this one is not correct. <laughs> so it says so the things of God nobody knows except the Holy Spirit. And you're going to like verse 12. Tell your neighbor you like verse 12. Ah, like it. Ah. You see, those of you who are young in the Lord, the new believers, you see, what you have to do is that when a man of God preaches nicely like this, then you get a highlighter, then you shade it, either green or yellow, then you shade it. We've said a lot of things up to this point. He's saying that Nobody knows the things of God except the spirit in God. Just as nobody knows the things that are in you except your spirit. That's verse 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, right? You will like verse 12. Tell your neighbor, you will like verse 12. Even the more. What does it say? Now, we have received. Stop there. Stop there. Now look at me. Recently, I have been asking people to read certain portions of scripture and every one of them returns with incredible testimonies the word of god is alive and powerful there's nothing wrong with the word of god the bible says the word of god is perfect 
converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, converting the soul. The commandments of the Lord are clean, enduring forever. More to be desired are they than gold. Yeah, much than fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. The word of the Lord. And I've been asking people to read certain portions of scripture. And this time around, they come and they are like, ah, prophet, you didn't preach, you didn't teach it. You just asked me to read it. And I was so blessed. And you see them quoting it and saying things. What changed? Well, when I tell them to read it, I add, read it slowly. How can you rush Ephesians 1? How would you really understand it? The whole purpose of God is packed in one chapter. It's too big for your head. So if you read like newspaper, no. Every word is loaded with the Holy Ghost. So you can't rush it. You can't rush it. You read what? Slowly. Say, now we have received not the spirit of the world. You see, you need to know it. You need to know that. Some of you, huh? We have been doing deliverance for you for the past 12 years. And in the next 34 years, we'll keep casting devils out of you. Oh, oh. How many demons are they? And we are very excited. Amazing. Say, I have received not the spirit of the world. Look at me. The things of the spirit, they work by faith. So as long as you think there's something wrong with you, there's something wrong with you, you believe it. All things are possible to he that believeth. Do you understand? Yeah. When you became born again, you are a new creation. If there is anything, you just need to grow. There's nothing wrong with the baby. The only thing is he needs to grow. He has everything a human being needs. He has it from birth. But that child, sometimes you see slime. There's nothing wrong with him. It's just a development. I know there may be abnormal cases, but you see, the child is not able to talk. Da, da, da. There's nothing wrong with him. There's nothing wrong with it, they say. There's nothing wrong with the child. So as a newborn baby, you are so young in the spirit, you think there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Just keep sucking the milk, you grow. And you find out that there was nothing wrong with you. Maybe wrong thinking and wrong teachings. Now you have to renew your mind. And you have to start believing that I have not received the spirit of the world. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. That's in parenthesis. So you can take that one out. But the spirit which is of God. We have received the spirit of God. Say I have received the spirit of God. And there are many reasons why God gave you the Holy Ghost. But here... We are told one important reason why the Holy Spirit was given to you. What did he say? 
that we may know the things that are freely given to us of God. One of the major reasons why God gave you the Holy Ghost is so you do what? You know what? The things that are freely given to you. So it means there are some things freely given to you. Who can name some of the things that are freely given to you? Righteousness. The nature of God. The ability to get it right. Yehovah. What is one of the things that are freely given to you? The Holy Spirit himself, of course. What are some of the things that are freely given to you? Faith. The gift of faith. That's how can we believe in the first place. That's why we are called believers. We are saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God. What are some of the things that are freely given to us? Sound mind. Thank you, sir. Sound mind. The Bible says God has not given you the spirit of fear, but sound mind, power, love. Sound mind. Your mind is correct. Papa, papa, papa is very correct. You are correct. Tell your neighbor, I am correct. And I don't need you to tell me that I'm correct. I know I'm correct. I'm very correct. Is the unbeliever that is not correct? Sound mind. Sound mind. Hallelujah. What are some of the things that are freely given to us? Name them. Hell. Apomudin. By his stripes we were so health and healing. They are freely. Or you have to pay for it. When you go to the hospital, you pay. When you see the wrong prophet, you pay. But they are freely given. So name all the things that are freely given. Name some. Salvation, yes. Thank you. Prosperity, yes. Wisdom, yes. His only son, yes. Anointing, yes. Long life, with long life, I'll satisfy you. Thank you. Good marriage, of course. Can somebody get a scripture to that effect? House and inheritance are from a father. And the prudent wife is from the Lord. Yes. I would say anyone who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtain a favor from the Lord. As together of the grace of life. Joy. Oh, thank you. Riches. Uh-huh. Spiritual gifts. Uh-huh. Glory. Somebody says sleep. Oh. If you haven't slept for three nights, you appreciate sleep. It's a gift from God. Put your hands together for the Lord. Next verse. Which things also we speak. Not in words, which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing the spiritual with the spiritual. Now, this takes me into what I really want to teach you. Open your mouth and begin to thank the Lord. Go ahead and thank God for your life. It's beautiful. He gave you a wonderful destiny. close your eyes for a moment and start praying those of you can pray in tongues just pray in in tongues pray in tongues pray in tongues 
Amen. Which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but with the Holy Ghost teacher, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now, stay with the scripture. You see, he is talking about the wisdom of God we have. And what the Holy Spirit has given us. And he says that the things that have been freely given to us of God, the wisdom of God, we speak them. We speak them. Yesterday we said that one of the spiritual disciplines, in the school of the spirit, one of the things you need to learn is you must learn to speak. That's the first lesson in the school of the spirit. You start by confessing Jesus your Lord and personal Savior. And you you speak with new tongue. Your confessions must change. You must speak faith. You can't be talking there like the same old person. Your language has to change. Now, we have to see that you are a Christian. Murmuring, disputing your words. But here, he's saying that we speak of these things. Not in words which man's wisdom teacheth. You speak these things not with words which man's wisdom teaches. You speak it with words which the Holy Ghost teaches. If you are sick, instead of saying, I am sick, find out what the Bible says. Find out what the Holy Ghost The Holy Ghost says, you are healed by his stripes. So though it's a fact that you are sick, the truth is you are healed. So instead of saying I'm sick, you start to confess I'm healed. Now it doesn't make sense. Because you'll be saying, I'm sick. I'm terribly sick. I feel like I'm done. I feel like this. But you are speaking the wisdom of God. So nothing is working for me. But the wisdom of God says, I can do all things through Christ. All things are working for my good. With things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but in words which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Now look at me. There are words which the Holy Spirit furnishes you with. That's why prophesying is so important. Because the Holy Spirit furnishes you with the word. Remember, words have creative power. Words are creators. So the Holy Spirit teaches some things. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. He will lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will do what to us? He will take us into all truth. He will teach us everything. And there are things the Holy Spirit teaches, so you must speak like that. And he said, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. That's what I really want to teach you today. I want to talk about spiritual processes and procedures. But I may not have the time to exhaust it. So I'll just mention some few things. I'm using this approach because I want everybody to understand. Say comparing spiritual things with 
spiritual. Now, combining spiritual things with spiritual words. Explaining spiritual things to spiritual men. Interpreting spiritual things to spiritual men. Matching what is spiritual with that which is spiritual. Clap. I gave you different versions. What is the true value of four hours prayer? Who can know it? Is it equal to $100? Is it also equal to one house? How do you measure the anointing? How do you measure true spirituality? When you have two words of the Spirit, how do you know the value? How do you know that this is greater than this? That spiritual discipline of matching spiritual things with spiritual or comparing spiritual things with spiritual is what we call discernment. It is an appraisal in the Spirit to know value when you go to the market and you want to sell this jacket, maybe the market value of the shirt is $100 or $200. And usually, almost anything that is $100 or $200 will equate in the same value as this jacket. Usually. Do you understand? If this shoe is $100 and you find a microphone that is $100, usually the value of the microphone, the true value of the microphone is the same as this shirt that the monetary value places on both of them. So usually, it is very easy for anybody to compare the physical with the physical. That's why we buy things. If you are trading your services or your time or your money for any good or service, you can say, no, 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 I'm not taking this. Because you know that that's not the value. What you are giving is more than what they are paying you. But it's easy in the physical but in the spiritual, you need something called discernment for appraisal to know the true value of things. If you don't have it, what will happen is that, Master, they will whip you at the negotiating table. You will always lose because you will sell even your birthright. For a morsel of bread. And not even though you have done anything. You now will sell spiritual things cheap. And think that you got some money. You see the way our people sell our gold mine. A whole gold mine. Who does that? 
gold mine, they will sell the whole thing. How on earth? How on earth? Who does that? You don't get it. There are some things we don't sell. Taflache, even land. It's only in this place that you have free hold. You have a land which is yours forever. It doesn't happen anywhere. Because you can't sell it. Because what you are paying for, it's not a true value of it. We are selling mines, gold mines. Because we lack the cheapy. But it's more serious when it comes to spiritual things. Because usually physical things, it's easy to do the calculations. You just calculate the money. And then you can tell that this thing you are selling at this price. But when it comes to spiritual things, you must be able to discern, to tell that this is the value of this. You understand? So the next verse explains it. Look at verse 14. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. <laughs> Look at it. Did you see that? He said, I don't like it. Wow. The natural man. When God is giving something, he says, no, no, no. What will I do with it? For they are foolishness to him. They are what? They have no value to him. No. In fact, as I'm talking right now, somebody just returned after a hard day's work and a hard night work Taflachi, forgive me. With his pot belly in his morning coat, Sunday morning is to rest. And he doesn't understand why some crazy people are going to church. When he finishes with his girlfriend, he'll give, go and eat some umutuo. And if he has time in the evening, he'll go and play golf. And he's wondering why you are also here wasting your life in the name of church. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God because they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them. And they say he can't even know them because they are spiritually descend. Now the word there for descend, they are spiritually what? Descend. They are spiritually what? He says the things of God are spiritually Descend. The word descend there is anacrino. It means scrutinized, examined, interrogated, investigated, tried, proven, discerned, judged, and known. They are spiritually appraised. They say you tell their worth and value through a spiritual process called discernment. You discern it. I'm closing right here. Holy Ghost. They say a natural man doesn't receive the things of the spirit because they're foolish to him. He can't know them because they're spiritual design. But a spiritual man discerneth, the judge there is discernment, judgeth or discerns all things. He knows the true value. He's able to scrutinize, interrogate, investigate, examine, try, prove, tell the value and worth of everything. He knows the value of spiritual responsibility. He knows the value of leadership. 
he knows the value of integrity. He knows the value of holiness. He knows the value of wisdom. He knows the value of fasting. He knows the value of prayer. He designs all things. And yet he himself is judged of no man. Nobody can understand him. Spiritual processes and procedures. I wanted to teach you on how things work in the spirit. But let's just take this home. We'll continue on Sunday. So there is a skill to master. It's called discernment. It is an activity of your spirit to separate and tell the difference. That is where honor comes from. You are able to tell the difference between sacred things and mundane things, holy things and common things. Things that are of God and things that are of men. That's where you are able to tell. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. That's the place of revelation. That's the place of dealing the spirits. They are spiritually designed. That is the activity of your inner man to tell. The Holy Spirit bears with them with your spirit that you are sons of God. So your spirit man is able to tell things. You can tell things in your heart. You can tell that this is it, this is it. There's no. You must train your inner man to sense things. The way you do it is by fasting, praying the word of God and listening to the inner witness. The Holy Spirit will be speaking to your heart. You must be listening. May God bless you. We're done.